Welcome to the weekly worship service from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A and Kankakee. In today's service, you will hear readings from God's Word, a message from our pastor, the Lord's Prayer, and a blessing for you and your family. But first, a few announcements about our ministry at St. Paul's. We invite you to join us for our weekly 5 p.m. Saturday worship service at our church located at 348 East Merchant Street in downtown Kankakee. We also hold weekly Sunday morning worship services at 8.30 and 11.05 at our school site, located at 1780 Career Center Road in Bourbon A. If you have any health reasons that might keep you away from in-person worship, please consider one of our alternative worship services, such as our worship page on our website, our weekly WKAN broadcast, and through our Facebook stream. You may also request an audio copy or opt for our podcast. All worship services and church information are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. The latest information on our response to the pandemic is available by clicking the COVID-19 tab at the top of the page. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, please call the church office at 815-932-0312. And now we pray that you are blessed by the Word of God in today's worship. Sunday. Our first reading comes from Revelation 14, verses 6 and 7. Then I saw another angel flying in midair, and he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. He said in a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and the springs of the water. Second reading comes from Romans chapter 3. 
Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped, and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For no human being will be justified in his sight by works of the law, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from law. Um, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, since all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as an expiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness, because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. It was to prove at the present time that he himself is righteous, and that he justifies him who has faith in Jesus. Then what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. On what principle? On the principle of works? No, but on the principle of faith. For we hold that a man is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Please stand. Gospel according to St. John, the eighth chapter. Jesus then said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set, make you free. They answered him, We are descendants of Abraham, Abraham and have never been in bondage to anyone. How is it that you can say you will be made free? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits a sin is a slave to sin. A slave does not continue in the house forever. The son continues forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. This is the gospel of the Lord.
May God's grace, mercy, and peace be yours this day. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The text for the message comes from our gospel reading. Let's pray. Lord, you bring us freedom, true freedom. Bless us as we gather around your word today. Bless us with a heart that seeks your will and your ways. And as we gather, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Maker and our Redeemer. Amen. In our reading today, we heard Jesus say, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not continue in the house forever. The son continues forever. So the son makes you free. You'll be free indeed. It's a text. Every now and then you hear of the extraordinary things that people do to find freedom, right? In years past, or even today, of people in the dark of night, maybe it's escaping a communist country, to people being able to leave a country, but unable to bring all of their children. And so there's that, that separation that is painful. But people are prepared to risk everything, aren't they? To make the great sacrifices, even put their own lives in danger to find freedom. Freedom from an oppressive government, freedom from fear and war, freedom from a uh, freedom to be educated and to work, freedom to live in safety. The search for freedom is nothing new. Maybe you remember that movie Braveheart years ago now uh, about uh, William Wallace and the Scotland's uh, fight for freedom from the cruel reign of uh, the English king. Wallace had a lot of victories in, over the English, uh, but in the end, a friend, a friend betrayed him, and the king was very old and frail and dying, determined not, not merely to kill Wallace, but have him beg for mercy and a quick death. Maybe you remember that point in the movie, uh, just before Wallace is executed, summoning all of his remaining strength to scream out, freedom, right? It's sound penetrating the air reaching the ears of the dying king. You know, as we read history books, we're overwhelmed by the fact that the search for freedom is behind so many things, even, even wars and even deaths. But we don't have to go, to go to the history books to see struggles for freedom, don't we? I mean, just go to the hospital. Patients in the hospital, what's freedom for them? Released from the hospital, I bet, and had going home healthy once again. Maybe for the student, it's freedom, meaning no more homework, right, uh, or exams. To those that are tired and overworked, freedom means sleeping in a little bit, getting up late, enjoying a hobby, getting away from the worries and burdens of work. And today, there's that yearning from freedom from, as sometimes it seems, that overarching uh, government with mandates and, and control and overreach. For some, the idea of freedom gives them permission to do whatever they want, right? It really doesn't matter if they hurt others or if they destroy property. Today, freedom means blurring the distinctions between right and wrong to the point where sometimes even wrong is regarded as right. Today, people cry out for freedom from all the old taboos and restrictions. Go ahead, do the, the drugs and alcohol and enjoy pornography, uh, sex uh, whenever you want with whomever you want and, and murder the unborn and embrace violence around the world and robbery, greed and selfishness. All these have become expressions of a new freedom. But in reality, all this is not freedom at all. 
It's just another form of slavery, isn't it? Today we hear Jesus talking about freedom, true freedom. He says, first, the truth will make you free. You see, those that were listening didn't understand what he was talking about. They didn't uh, need to be made free. They had all the freedom that they needed. They weren't slaves to anyone or anything. They were already free. And I guess the average American would respond much the same way. We're free. We don't need to be made free. Uh, then Jesus reminded his listeners, I'm telling you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Well, there's the sticking point, right? People don't like being reminded of that. They don't want to hear about the bad things in their lives. They don't want to hear about sin, especially if it's their sin. They, they, they think that too much is made of sin by the church, and some deny that sin has a firm grip on them. We don't even like to think of ourselves as slaves of sin. To be called a slave of sin, that's pretty serious stuff, right? Because a slave only does what they're told to do. A slave has no rights, no freedom. A slave cannot free themselves. They're bound as slaves for their whole life. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. That's true. Our thoughts, our words, our deeds, these are ruled by sin. Not a moment that our lives, in our lives that sin doesn't dictate to us or urge us about what we should do. No sinner can free themselves from the grip of sin that sin has on their lives. We can try, and, and try we do. We might go to maybe a self-improvement class, or you might uh, attend counseling sessions to improve our behavior, or maybe go to a therapy group to try and be more positive and less influenced by our selfish nature. But, I mean, those, those are good things to do. But a slave is always a slave. The sinful desires and the temptations that the world and Satan put in front of us lead us astray. They make it clear that in spite of our firm resolve to be better people and to change, our bondage to sin is not broken. In fact, denying that we are slaves of sin just for the proof that we are helplessly trapped and we can't do anything to free ourselves. You know, some people say, to try to avoid the big and obvious sins, they say, well, you know, God's not going to hold my, my little sin, my little transgression against me. In other words, I'm, I'm not really that bad of a sinner, right? I'm not Hitler. Uh, and so I might do a few wrong things, but hey, everyone does that. And that's just the point. Everyone does that. Everyone is a sinner. And as far as God is concerned, a sin is a sin. To make matters worse, God demands perfection, 100%. And that's the way he intended humans to be, human beings to be from the very beginning of time. God himself, he is holy and perfect and sinless, right? Heaven, uh, time in his place uh, around him is holy and perfect and sinless, and we are not holy perfect and sinless. We're sinners. We're sinners and by ourselves we have no chance of getting there no matter how shining and bright we think we are, no matter how many excuses we have. The Bible says for all is sin and fall short of the glory of God. In 16th century, the reformer Martin Luther found himself in a church that had this elaborate system for offering people personal freedom and forgiveness. 
Freedom could be obtained by confessing all your sins to the priest and then doing a series of devotional uh, good works that would make satisfaction for your sin and secure your forgiveness. Only trouble was that while you were doing those good works of satisfaction, you were already committing new sins, uh, which then had to be confessed, absolved, and satisfied. And of course, in the course of the second round, the third round would begin. And so you found yourself on this treadmill of hopelessness, this treadmill of condemnation. People could never be sure if God loved them enough, if, he, if God had forgiven them. There was no certainty at all. In fact, there was not a time, they were not always sure whether they had done enough to enter eternity. Terrible thing was that the church at the time made freedom from sin and forgiveness just a, a bunch of hoops that people had to jump through because they could never be sure if they had jumped through enough hoops to satisfy God. I mean, that was, that was Luther's struggle, wasn't it? How can I please this God? Uh, by all the things that I do. And he kept trying to do more and more for himself, and it was never enough. What Jesus says brings relief to our questions and doubts. If the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. There's only one way you can be released from slavery to sin and, it's, and no longer suffer the consequences of such slavery. Jesus, the Son of God, declares you free because you can't free yourself. Only one has the real authority and power to set you free. Only the Son of God can set you free. Luther said this so well in that when he summarized how enslaved to sin we are and how well the Son of God has set us free. In the explanation to the second article about Jesus, uh, the Apostles' Creed, he writes, uh, I believe that Jesus, true God, begotten of the Father from eternity, and also true man, born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord who has redeemed me, a lost and condemned uh, uh, person, purchased and won me from all sins, from death and the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy and precious blood, with his innocent suffering and death, that I may be his own and live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness, just as he has risen from the dead and lives and reigns to all eternity. This is most certainly true. Praise God. This is most certainly true. This is the very core and center of what the Bible has to say. This is the message to all of God's people, right? This is the message that made Luther say that, that he felt as if the, that the very gates of heaven had opened to him when he saw this in God's word. This is the central message of the church, that Jesus has rescued us from slavery to sin. I mean, we're helplessly trapped in our sin. And God sent Jesus to give his life for us on the cross. He set us free from the power that sin and Satan hold over us. God didn't send Jesus because he could see some spark of good in us, no. He sent Jesus because he saw that we were hopelessly enslaved and that our only hope is for him to intervene and set us free. God declares us righteous, not by anything we have done, but only by his love. He restores that friendship with us, not by anything we have done, but only by his love. He forgives us even though we don't deserve it, don't deserve it, not by anything we have done, but only by his love. It is a gift that belongs to anyone who believes in Jesus. God loves the unlovely. He forgives those who are trapped in fear and pain. 
He sacrifices himself for every unlovely thing that we do. He doesn't excuse our sin. He cures it, doesn't he? This is God's way of dealing with sin. The freedom that Christ gives fills us with hope. I mean, I get it. You know yourself best. You know where you sin. Maybe you're disgusted with your own behavior. I know I am at times. Maybe you believe that you're hopelessly trapped in sin, hopelessly caught up in bad habits, bad thoughts, and bad attitudes. Maybe you consider yourself too weak to resist the temptations to catch you so easily. Maybe you may be caught up in, a, in guilt and a low self-esteem that makes you feel powerless. You see, my friends, the message of the Reformation still rings true today, doesn't it? The freedom that Jesus gives enables you and me to see God clearly and dearly loves us. And he regards us as his special children. That we're forgiven. We're free to live happy and guilt-free lives. We're free to be what God intends us to be. To love him, to serve him, and to forgive others as God has loved, served, and forgiven us. And no doubt, freedom that Jesus gives changes things. The freedom Jesus gives changes the way that we live our lives. The freedom Jesus gives changes the way that we treat other people. The freedom Jesus gives changes the way we conduct our business. The freedom Jesus gives changes the way we act toward others, our, our spouse, our children, our parents. In fact, there's not a situation, there's not a relationship that is not affected by the new freedom that we have in Jesus. Now, some of us have heard this kind of message hundreds of times before. Some of you may be hearing it for the first time. Whatever your circumstance, that freedom that Jesus gives is a serious offer. It's free. There are no gimmicks. There are no catches. God gives forgiveness and eternal life as a free gift so you can live for him. What an awesome gift he gives. What an awesome God we have. These words then are music to our ears this day. If the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. Amen. Please stand. And now may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Dear friends, let us confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed we confess together. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, 
who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. And I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. Dear friends, go with God's blessing this day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. More worship opportunities are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. Just click worship at the top of the page. May God bless you and your family each and every day. And again, thank you for listening.